So what we want to move into a bit of a discussion is, well, so what, right? And and why uh, is this important? Why are we really talking about the impact of dirty data? So really talk about this from a pay equity standpoint and really understanding the degree to which diversity and inclusion is a really significant issue for most companies and the um, what we're seeing happening in the market is that certainly there's a set of, if you will, more traditional metrics that we see clients already tracking, uh, the representation, the mobility type metrics uh, that have been in place. And as we look at some of the Saratoga results uh, right now on the left, you can see that um, by and large, we actually are seeing that from th those types of representation issues that companies are doing, you know, okay, that promotion rates for for females, uh, while it's decreasing, is actually ahead of sort of the overall state. Uh, if we look at um, ethnically diverse, though, we do see that those those employees are doing not as well from a promotion standpoint. Uh, if we look at this from a turnover and voluntary uh, separation rate standpoint, uh, what we're seeing is that turnover is actually equalized uh, by gender. Uh, as we look at ethnically diverse, we're seeing, uh, again, a, a, a continued rise in it, it being ahead from a voluntary separation standpoint. So what we do see, so some of those metrics we see doing well, what we see companies trying to look beyond or in addition to those representation and movement type metrics is into what we would look at as sort of more blind spots. And so we, we have an example of that here, starting to look at what's happening within the succession planning pool, uh, where again, female representation within the succession pool is sort of less than half. Um, we would expect it or hope it to be equal. Uh, and, and therefore at sort of that 50% marker. So we do see that, um, again, as we get beyond some of the, the representation issues, um, that we're, we're seeing those blind spots to start to come out. And this is where we're starting to see more and more companies look at the issue of pay equity as they try to move beyond what we're, what we're seeing here. And as we really start to try to dig into this issue of, are we paying equally for equal work? And so the analysis, right, again, make sure that we're driving promotion rates correctly, driving separation rate, driving structure of work to be appropriate in achieving a more diverse and a more inclusive environment, wanting to make sure that we're paying equally for equal work. And the challenge and the dirty data part of, of that statement really comes through this question of job architecture. And we've got this issue that if the job architecture isn't clean or was cleaned five years ago and isn't clean anymore, that really it's that job architecture, it's that levels working in concert that allows us to assess equal work because that's the definition of job architecture, right? And so if we want to understand, are we paying people equally and we can't really define what equal work is, at least at scale within our organization, 
how do we do a good job of assessing that we've got equal work or equal pay for equal work? And so we just we, we're sharing a, a, some of the data that we've got from the initial analysis and just the complexity of the organizations that we're dealing with, and even within a simple level like manager or director or executive, the number of titles, the diversity of roles, the opportunity, you know, where we've got upwards of 600 types of managers, 300 plus types of directors, 130 types of executives, right? The opportunity to not really have a solid foundation for understanding what is equal work exists. And therefore, the inability to, to truly come out and say, we are paying equally for equal work is made very complex by these stats. And so that's um, really, if we look at one of a, a, a case study of a client that we worked with, we, sent, we found precisely uh, this type of issue. So in working with them sort of on a year-over-year -year basis, in the first set of work, the job architecture literally didn't exist and had to be created as part of the pay equity work and had to be done in a largely manual way and resulted in, you know, 15% of the employees that were not accurately depicted as part of the analysis. And so, again, while we were able to look at the degree to which there was equal pay for equal work, it wasn't as effective as it was the next year as we came back in and, and it, the client had gone through a, a, you know, a significant amount of work on the job architecture, a significant amount of work on levels, uh, and had started to really work through their cloud-based HR application to clean up what was there. And as a result, the, the models that we ran got better uh, the number of, if you will, false negatives, false positives decreased, and that we had a better collaboration between DNI and compensation on how to really take the results of pay equity forward as part of this. So again, an example where our thesis is that the dirty data is preventing them from being as effective as they can be relative to this significant issue of talent transformation.